and thank you for listening to the 6570 Family Project Podcast. This is a passion project I have to bring you insight and tactical advice that you can take and run with today from myself and a very talented and genuine group of guests brought together to help you take your family experience from good to great and build that foundation of confidence and respect and wisdom that every parent wants to see their child master before they ever leave home. What I really love, though, is connecting with you and giving you a space to connect with each other, which is exactly why the Family Architects Club exists. This private parents club is designed for every parent going through the 6570, those 6,570 days of the parenthood childhood dynamic, which is where your most influential and most impactful window exists as a parent. And this community supports, it guides, it laughs, it builds together to help you in the greatest project that you will ever have as a parent. That being the 6570 Family Project. So I invite you to come on into this club, get to know people and see what is waiting for you, including a free members only gift that you will love and use over and over and over again as a parent. So I can't wait to see you there. And you can just go to NellieHarden.com slash community. Again, that's NellieHarden.com slash community to get connected and get your free members only gift. So I will see you there. Hello, and welcome to the 6570 Family Project Podcast. If you are a parent of a tween, teen, or somewhere on the way, this is exactly the place for you. This is the playground for parents who want to raise their kids with intention, strength, and joy come and hear all the discussions, get all the tactics and have lots of laughs along the way. We will dive into the real challenges in raising kids today, how to show up as parents and teach your kids how to show up as members of the family and individuals of the world. My name is Nellie Harden, big city girl turned small town, sipping iced tea on the front porch mama who loves igniting transformation in the hearts and minds of families by helping them build self-led discipline and leadership that elevates the family experience and sets the kids up with a rock solid foundation they can launch their life on all before they ever leave home. This is the 6570 Family Project, let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 6570 Family Project Podcast, where we are putting aside the power struggles and all the junk of raising our teens and tweens and really finding the path that leads our young women, especially, but all of our kids toward confidence, respect and wisdom and mental wellness that they need in order to prepare them for the world out there. Now, today's episode, I've been putting off for a little while, you guys, because if I would have done this a few weeks ago, it, I would have been a blubbery mess. And so I am a homeschool parent. Um, I wouldn't have said that for a really long time. It would have been hard for me to admit that, right? I did not grow up with homeschooling, even being a remote possibility or a remote topic of conversation anywhere. I went, not just in my home. It just wasn't a thing, right? Or at least not that I knew about. I didn't know the history of homeschooling. I didn't know that people did it. It just seemed like something that the Amish would do 
or something like that, which more power to them. And now I know, but my point is I did not grow up with any inkling that homeschool would be a part of my life. And it has proven to be in a huge, significant part of my life. And I have just closed our school after seven years. So I have four daughters that are now between 12 and 17. But when we started uh, back in 2015, they were in kindergarten, twins in second grade, and one in fifth grade. And that was the school year that we started with. And again, uh, I've talked about this on many homeschool uh, podcasts, but just to give you an idea, I was not ever looking to homeschool. It was just something that we fell into because of a series of life happenings. Um, We just got to the point that our oldest daughter, which she was going into fifth grade, we obviously had the most um, experience with her. Uh, She just was not finding educational rest or foundation in any of the options. And we tried so many, you guys. Um, so we did Montessori, we did private, we did public, we did, um, uh, homeschooling eventually now she's in dual enrollment. We did a a bunch of different things, but in the private school that she was in, we loved, loved, loved. It was amazing. It was, um, called Sycamore in Indianapolis area. And if your kids go there, good for them, more power to them. We absolutely loved it, but she, it was a expensive private school and she is the first of four kids. And we had other ones coming up behind her and we just knew we were not going to be able to have the all four pay all four tuition. So we, um, did the best we could and we transferred to public and, but then there was just, uh, the first year was great, but then every year after that, it seemed to plateau and go down. And my daughter was losing her spark for learning. And you know, here in the 6570, that uh, encouraging and really um, promoting and impregnating that, that desire and curiosity and learning inside of our kids is so, so, so important, um, not just for now in the 6570, but for later on too, learning and growing and learning and growing and teaching. And it's this revolving force. So when we saw that, we also were simultaneously presented with possibly moving across the country or halfway across the country to the East coast of the United States. And so we thought, you know what, if we're going to do it sometime, now might be a good time. And I was standing outside of their school, their elementary school. And there was a mom that was standing there and she had tried homeschooling and she took them um, back to the school. Uh, I think she'd maybe have done it one or two years, but she said to me, um, and this might've been the only exchange I ever had with this, uh, woman, but she said to me, you know what though, I don't resent or, um, look back on that with any ill feelings whatsoever. Um, I loved that we tried it because if it's in you, if you have the slightest inkling, you never want to look back and say, what if we would have done that? Right. She said, if it's in you and you're the least bit curious about it, then try it. I mean, the worst that can happen is that they kind of plateau for a year, but especially if they're plateauing already, it's going to be fine. So I was like, yeah, I don't know. So I met some people that were homeschooling and they turned out to be not so super weird. They were in fact, incredible people. 
And I just started learning a little bit. We, uh, my oldest daughter and I went to a convention because I knew she was going to be, especially going into fifth grade, she was going to be the most impacted the soonest by it. Right. My, my younger kids were going to be impacted surely, but it wasn't going to hit the impact. Wasn't going to hit them quite as, um, abruptly as it was going to for her. So we went to a convention And we loved it. We really loved it. One of the biggest things um, that really caught our eye is we were breaking, we were sitting on the sidelines and breaking down the time that she was away. And she would catch the bus at seven something in the morning and come back at three, close to four in the afternoon. And in all of that time, she was only getting about two and a half hours of actual instruction time. And I was like, two and a half hours, you're gone all that time and you're only getting two and a half hours. So why don't we try this? Why don't we just give it a try? So what I want to share with you today is what I learned in our seven years of homeschooling and a a couple of things I would have done differently because we closed the doors. Um, My daughters are now going into, my youngest is uh, going into seventh grade uh, next year. My uh, twins are going into ninth grade. So they're going into high school and my oldest is going into her senior year of high school. Now, when my oldest was going into high school, she left our homeschool environment and went to a private school. So my point in this first section is just to let you know, be flexible, be malleable. Just think about what is the best thing to serve her and her, her education or him and his education. If you have a son too, and what would be the best thing for them this year? and try it out and see just because the quote unquote normal role um, of education is preschool, kindergarten, elementary, middle, high school, all staying in public or what have you, or maybe in your family, it is, you know, preschool, a kindergarten in elementary, middle and high school, and they're all in private or they're all in this thing, or you're listening from another country or another area. And it's even different then. My point is you don't have to go with whatever is just the normal role of education. You can switch it up and just ask yourself what would be best for them? What would serve them and their future the best right now and go for it. So after seven years, we have closed our doors and am I saying they're definitely permanently closed forever? No, because I've learned my lesson, um, in the past that if they are called, if we are called to bring them back home or something happens or a pandemic, you know, we never know what's going to happen, but our doors are closed for now. And, um, so I want to share with you though, what I have learned through this process and what I would have done differently. So number one, hands down, uh, what I learned, I became a better person. I became a better parent. I became a better student of life, um, through this process, just being in a constant state of learning all the time, always got me curious and what's next and what's next and where are we going to? And so what was really interesting though, is that I, I, I love learning and I've always loved learning, but the way we did homeschool, and there's a thousand ways to do it, uh, my friends, this is just the way we did it. I was, they were gathered at the kitchen table, notebooks, taking notes, and I was up at a dry erase board and I took them through group work, which was all of our science, our literature, our uh, poetry, any history, right? Those things were all group work, even though, yes, they were in different grades and they were expected to do work on their grade level or their, uh, not their grade level, because that could just, because they were in a certain grade doesn't mean 
mean that that's what level they were at, but at their personal level would be a better way to put that. And so they, they did it at whatever personal level they were at. And then I took notes and we did all the things and at, in the after we would have lunch. And then in the afternoon, they would do all of their individual work from there. And so what was so beautiful is that they did their individual work. Then we did our group work um, in the morning and we just really dove into learning. And I just became a better student, always in the practice of learning something new, researching it, looking in deeper, having discussions and moving forward. So one of the biggest things I got out is just becoming a better person, parent and student for myself. Another thing, though, I learned about how my children function in a way that would have taken me so much longer to learn if I was not the one with them, right? Which really helped me partner with them to develop their coping skills and their soothing, self-soothing strategies with them so much sooner. So I'm talking about like comparison and perfectionism, um, their quirks, their different quirks that they have. They're also different, right? I call them four corners of a square and I'm sure your kids are also different too. Um, but I really was at the front seat of their learning styles and their study habits and their strengths and their weaknesses and their interests for all those years. And so I just got to learn about my kids as people instead of just my kids um, much more early on than many other parents get to or, or what I know I would have been able to if I had left them in a secondary school or a secondary education experience instead of at home. And so that was truly a beautiful thing. We had so many instances where they would um, really struggle with something and their grade was fine, right? Their grade was fine. It was in the nineties even, but they were really struggling with something. And if I wouldn't have been there to see that struggle, I would have just said, oh, you're getting a 94. You're great. You're, you're awesome. But that really wasn't the case. And so um, it's important. It was really important to me to see what was going on and get to know them as people. I am raising people. I am, I am an architect, uh, a family architect, just like my husband is, but I'm a family architect designing, planning, and building the beginning of someone else's life. And I was able to do that on an even deeper level, having been homeschooling with them throughout these seven years. We learned how to talk about real things and not just surface stuff, right? Uh, so when there, when we were, uh, we did a whole year on American, um, on American history. I think we actually did two years on American history. We did two years on world history. We did an entire year on world cultures and world religions. And we did an entire year on the history of science and all of these. So these really in-depth conversations I got to have with them. It wasn't just you know, how is school or, you know, what's going on in your sport or, um, you know, how are your friends doing and things like that. We got to have really, really real conversations about things that have built us as a world, a society, a nation, as people and history and what people were thinking back then and, and how it got us to where we are today, all of those really rich conversations. And it helped them with, I got to, I got to see them develop critical thinking skills, which was super important. And something that's really lacking in today's world, especially with our teens and tweens is them being able to think 
critically, right? Not just accepting everything as truth that's around them and the way things are, because you can go pick up, you know, one friend on Tuesday and they say something, pick up the same friend on Wednesday, they say something else and a different friend uh, Wednesday afternoon and they say something else. So it can be really confusing for our kids today if they don't have critical thinking skills where they can think for themselves, right? And I got to experience that and be a part of that development with them on a deeper level. Back and forth debates, those are always fun, right? Teaching them how to be advocates for a subject, be advocates for themselves, have conversations, learn in those conversations, respect of listening to somebody else, even if they have a different viewpoint than you. Um, Learning about the world through all of our uh, current events that we did and learning that it's not just, you know, one direction of things. There's multiple viewpoints that you can look at for one situation. We learned together and that is a vulnerable place to be. And it's a beautiful place to be when your kids know that you don't know everything. And when I taught for all these years, it's not because I knew everything, especially about history. I came into homeschooling, really not caring for history whatsoever, because my teachers, in my experience, it was them sitting up at the board. They had a book. It was a very monotone. Think like Ferris Bueller. You're like, want, 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 you know, or, or uh, I guess that was more Charlie Brown, right? But they're going through and they're just saying these things. And then there's a quiz. They, they read the next chapter. There's a quiz. It was so boring, but we were able to bring history to life and it was so exciting. And I am a huge fan of history now, which I was not before. And so, but having them know and me being vulnerable to telling those stories of, you know, I knew nothing about history and now I know so much more than I knew before. And I value it so much more, but that was a vulnerable space that I could be in and they could be in together as we are learning the same thing. So cool. Exploring one another's interests, right? I got to, uh, when we gave them free projects to go, okay, well, just go pick something you're interested in and then do uh, some like three days research on it, write a five paragraph paper, three paragraph paper, and then present it to us. Let us know. And what they would come up with was just so fun, right? We did one when they uh, received animals. Um, We wanted to get them animals for their, uh, in order to start developing some responsible habits of their own, not just the family pets, but their own pets. And they had to do a report. They had to come up with a proposal and how they were going to um, afford everything and what these natural habitats were and what their um, confined habitats were and what they were going to do, all of these things. And it was really funny to see one of our daughters went through many reports before she <laughs> landed on an animal because, oh, she just watched that girl. She just wanted, a, you know, a whale in her room, you know, not the case. Okay. So uh, being able to uh, correct them in a constructive way when uh, to help them understand that this was just me trying to better them, right? And so when they pass something in and need constructive criticism on a paper or on a math or on, you know, a history paper or science or what have you, it was just me constructively criticizing them in order to help them become better. Right. But how that translated into real life was a truly beautiful thing because they knew when I was calm and, and talking with them that I was like, I am not saying this to be mean. I am trying to help you. Right. And because we had that reinforcement of my role as teacher, as well as mom, they were able to see that a little bit more clearly 
And we were able to work through some of our other situations that were totally outside of school with a little bit more peace um, and an ease that we were going through. And the sibling relationships, they were truly beautiful and everything was heightened in the sibling relationships. Um, Love was deeper. Frustration was deeper. Um, The silliness was deeper and the craziness was deeper, but they, they do really see one another more as equals and not just separated by these grades. You know, it's really easy, especially when you have big sister, little sister, big sibling, little sibling dynamic to say, I'm the big one. You're the little one, right? And not to say we've fully escaped this, but when they are learning the same thing, having the same tests and, you know, history and science and all these things for so many years, they're more on the, on the same level. Right. And it really is a cool thing to see them study together and quiz each other and prep with one another and things before an exam. Um, if you have exams, we didn't have exams the first, uh, several years, but the last four years, um, we did every state is different. Every country is different. If, if homeschooling is even allowed where you are. Um, but every state is different where we are in North Carolina, you have to, um, there's several small requirements, but one of them is that you have to have a yearly standardized test to make sure that you have adequately, um, uh, covered that year's, um, materials. But I'm talking about the science tests, the, the, you know, uh, history tests and different paper, all these things that were actually tested and, uh, and graded as a, or that were graded as a test. We didn't start that until about four years in, um, because they were little, right. And my other one was going off to be tested by other people, but their sibling relationship has, it's it's unique. It's a different experience. It's not what I see in uh, several other siblings when they're going into, um, uh, any sort of action when they're going out to eat or when they're, uh, working on, um, doing something together, a lemonade stand or selling something or volunteering, right. They ju- there's just this different dynamic because they've been more on the same level for all of these years. Um, they have learned how to cook much, much, much better than I can because lunch was on them. For several years, you know, it started off when they were little as peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, but it quickly escalated to them making beautiful uh, meals on the stove. And they, you know, I'm a person, I just don't have time or patience, quite frankly, and I'll just grab some raw veggies and gnaw on those for lunch where my kids are making these gourmet, beautiful lunches. And I'm like, Hey, can you just make me some of that instead of, you know, me chopping on, chomping on some, uh, lettuce and carrots over here. But, um, yeah, so they become great cooks, which is such an exploration in their independence and creativity. So that has been super neat. Um, they understand more than, uh, one may how to do something and how to think outside of the box, right? We schooled differently. We did things differently. And so they were able to see, okay, you know, there's more than one way to do something. And then, you know, to kind of wrap up all the positives, and I don't know if I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting over half of these positives, but I wanted to deliver some of these to you because you might be thinking about homeschooling. You might be homeschooling already. And you're like, oh, it does get better. You know, how is this? Um, And I just wanted to share some of this with you, but free time was amazing, right? Remember I told you she had, when she was in regular school, she had, or, or traditional school, I should say, she was gone for several 
several, several hours, but she only had uh, about two and a half hours of instruction a day. So the free time was amazing. We could take trips, we could do things, but also we could explore different kinds of instruments, right? And they always had music. Music is very important to me. Physical activity is very important um, to our family too. So every day there was a checklist and they would of course have their academics, but they would also have reading to do every day. They would have um, their uh, music to do every day, their chores to do every day, their physical fitness to do every day. Um, I wanted them outside every day doing something too. So there was this checklist that they could go through, which was self-motivating, right? They were disciplining, learning how to discipline themselves. They had a checklist that they needed to go through every day before they could do anything else, responsibilities before recreation. So another great thing that they were able to do. And the opportunities they had with an open schedule, like uh, we have a family business and they were able to go and speak at events and we would travel for conventions and they would get to learn uh, uh, personal development and business development at their young ages and see these, you know, companies that were uh, starting small and growing and what they were doing and people that were striving and hitting goals. Um, and they would speak at the chamber of commerce for our company. Uh, we have a, we have a company that we started as a family project back in 2018 called the sea glass company. And um, we make custom make uh, etched, glass straws and bottles in order to reduce the, um, uh, plastic footprint in the world. And so, and those have now gone all the way around the world. Uh, Christmas Eve, a few, two years ago, we received, um, a message, uh, someone in Tasmania had them and I was like, we have made it girls. Look at this. Awesome. Right. They have now gone all the way around the world. So, so, so cool. And so we were able to just celebrate and explore and try things and fail at things and get better at things and try new things. And it was just a really beautiful experience. And, the moment we closed down, I'm going to try not to cry here, you guys. So I am a crier. <laughs> if you know me, you know, I'm a crier. Um, so the moment I went around, I was reading out of a book, uh, our history book, our, we went through three science textbooks this year. So crazy, so good. Um, but I was walking around the table and I would always kind of walk around the table as I was reading and you know, I would check on their notes, but I would also just kind of, you know, touch a shoulder, or have that, have that connection point, you know, and, um, I was reading and then when I needed to, I would be up at the board taking notes and I would, I'd take another lap around the table. Surprise. There's not a groove, um, that is etched into that floor, but, I sat down, I'd actually just lost my voice uh, going on roller coasters. And so the girls were reading some, but I wanted to be the one that closed it out. And so I mustered what voice I could. And I sat down and I had, I knew I was making my last uh, lap around the table. Ah, woo. And I was, you know, touching them and touching their shoulder and just, just not telling them verbally right then, although I did many times, but just I'm just so proud of them. I'm so proud of us for, you know, doing this. And, and I sat down and I read the, I, I about lost it 50 times before I stopped. And I read the last line and the last line of this textbook could not have been more fitting. And it just said, go out there. There's still yet so much to be discovered. And 
then I lost it. And then they lost it. And they came up and they, we all hugged. We were just in a huddle. My three youngest and I, my oldest was at um, school at this point. And we just huddled together and cried and told each other how proud of uh, us we are, told each other how thankful we are. In fact, their last writing project was about what has this homeschool experience meant for you or felt for you? And oh, those were hard to, hard to hear, but in the most beautiful way too. And there's just so, so, so much gratitude in it. Um, and we, I, I, uh, we took pictures and we kept those and it was just such a, it was a moment. It was a moment that I will always carry with me is that closing line of, and that closing hug that we had at the end of our homeschooling experience. Now, um, I don't know when you're listening to this, but right now it is summer between the close of the year and the start of next year. And so I have, I've gotten to a point that I'm not, you know, um, doing the, you know, over homeschooling ending, but I know when school starts this upcoming year, that's going to be another really hard one. So, but it is what it is and life uh, keeps going on and we just are experimenting and trying something new, just like we have for the last seven and several years before that. So now what would I, what do I wish I would have done differently? I wish I had more time to do the just school activities for exploring, going out in the middle of the woods and um, field trips and play. You know, that is something I wish we would have had a little bit more time with. We were a part of a co-op that we did um, field trips with for a while. And then that kind of fell by the wayside. And then COVID happened, of course. And so we were really just um, us, which is great. But we, my, my husband and I, and our family, we all have businesses and jobs and, um, all of these things. So we were just very busy, but the time that I put into this is homeschooling time, that was sacred time and nothing touched that. But I just, I do wish that we would have had some extra room and, um, spare time in the schedule to do extra things if we felt like it and doing more unschooling, you know, type things. I, I think there's so much, um, value in just getting out and exploring and seeing what you see and having conversations. And that's what we do when we go out. I just wish there would have been a little bit more time for us, or I, I would have made more time, or we would have made more time, um, during our, our years. We did some of that. I wish we could have done more. And lastly, Um, so there's not many things I would have done differently, but I wish I would have, and I don't regret it because I see the development, but I wish I would have been the person I was at the end of homeschooling at the beginning, right? That's impossible. That's like saying you wish you would have been the person or had the wisdom you do at 50 when you were 20, right? It's not necessarily, you need those experiences, those life experiences, but especially for my oldest, because she um, left our homeschooling experience after four years, she did uh, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade with us. And then she went off into ninth grade. And especially for her, I wish I would have understood a little bit more and had all of the skill sets and mindsets that I have now back then. But again, I can't regret the development and the journey that it was. I maybe would have had a little bit more patience with myself. Uh, I did learn that along the way and it's 
just a journey. So if you're thinking about homeschooling or you are homeschooling, or you think homeschooling is something crazy, I'm here to tell you I did too. Um, and I get it. I understand it, but we did it. We did it for seven years. We had no inkling whatsoever beforehand that we were going to. And I'm so grateful that we did. And who knows what the future holds, but as you can see from listening to this, if you're still listening, then you know that we have learned so much about one another, the six of us as a family and how we can be a team, how we can work together, um, how we can just be leaders of ourselves, but leaders as a family as well. And I'm just so grateful for it. So if you've homeschooled, if you are homeschooling, if you've done it in the past and it was 20 years behind you, let me hear from you. I'd love to hear from you. Um, you can uh, just message me on Facebook or um, in our Family Architects Club. If you're not a part of the Family Architects Club yet, get in there. If you have a daughter between eight and 18, you want to be in the Family Architects Club, you guys. Um, that is a private group and Facebook. So much value in there all the time, serving you and in your needs and your uh, wants that are happening with our daughter right now. So again, you have a daughter between eight and 18, go to Facebook, do a search family architects club and join. I want to see you in the club. Um, I'm also on Instagram and you can, uh, you can message me there. I'd love to hear about your experience. So Okay, you guys, I'm going to be back next week with another episode. Keep teaching, keep laughing, keep loving you guys. Uh, remember, they just want to be seen and heard and loved and know they belong and have that purpose, right? And so keep showing up with intention in this 6570 parenthood childhood experience. They need you, you guys. I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening today. And I hope you were able to take something from our discussion that you can use to build the foundation of self-led leadership in your own family. If you are a parent with children 17 or younger, and especially those around nine and up, I would love to extend an invitation to you to the best club in town. The Family Architects Club is a private club where intentional parents go that want to love, support, connect, or reconnect, and really truly help guide their kids and teach them how to self-lead in discipline and leadership. This is an online community and you are welcome to it. Parenting is a project and you are the architect of this one. You plan, you design, and oversee the construction of the beginning of someone else's life. And that's what goes into these first 6,570 days, and it will be the foundation for the rest of their lives. So come join the club. You can find your invitation on the front page of my website, NellieHarden.com. That is N-E-L-L-I-E-H-A-R-D-E-N.com. Thank you again for being a part of this conversation today. And if something really resonated with you, or if you have a question, please don't hesitate to connect with me. You can find me on Instagram at Nellie Harden. And lastly, if you love the information, please, please leave a five-star review and a comment so more and more families can be impacted by harnessing the strength of these ideas and tools in their own families. So thank you so much. Happy building, you guys, and I'll see you next week.